Welcome to another episode of the Dibbly Dobblers Cricket Podcast. As always, I am your main host, Callum, and as always, I am joined by producer, director, dinner lady, shoe shiner, all round numpty, Andrew. <laughs> numpty. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> you alright? Aye. Doing alright. We managed to not get washed away in the, in the Great Path floods of 2022. Yeah. Um, the annual uh, Cherry Bank and um, Car Park Disappearing Act. The so that did happen again today. The annual Trying to Not Have My House Flooded Act that <laughs> seems to also be happening. So yeah. Um, yeah. But I. But you, you were successful in not flooding, or more specifically, your in laws not flooding this year. Aye. Yeah. So far. It has been raining tonight, so, so we'll see. You almost lost a gazebo at last. My gazebo collapsed at the weekend under the weight of the rain. Oh. Um seems to be holding a bit firmer it's now. Like, it's like the weather gods know the cricket season's finished. I mean we've had hardly any r- rain offs all year. And Yeah, um, what was all that about? I know. <laughs> My wife is most unhappy about that <laughs> fact. <laughs> Likewise. Anyway, um, we're just doing a little short intro now, aren't we? So basically two things, it's only two things on this podcast tonight. Um, so <laughs> It's probably still going to be one of the longest episodes of the year. Probably, <laughs> yeah, probably. Because um, later on we are going to work out our team of the year and our player of the year as well. Yeah, so uh, damn fast, I can look forward to batting <laughs> eight. <laughs> He's he said w- he said to me last week he was happy it wasn't nine so all right fine. okay <laughs> he's nine happy is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but before we get to the the team of the year um, we have got an interview with some of the Meagle guys following their promotion uh, the weekend they were successful in the playoff against Gala so they'll be playing Eastern Premier League cricket again next season yeah um, R- Raju had a stellar. Was he 90-odd or 60-odd balls? Yeah, he just... Uh, they look like it could have gone either way at one point, and he just went, nah. Uh, <laughs> Not on my watch. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, we will pass you over to that interview with the Meagle folks now, and we'll see in a little bit for the, the team of the year. Yeah. We are delighted to be joined by... The Meagle Mob, as we'll call them. I don't know what I called your last take of this recording, but it might have been Meagle Mob last time too. Um, so we're joined by Captain Charles Clark, uh, Coach Ian Stewart, Purcell, uh, and opening batter Shaz Saeed, or all-rounder actually looking at your stats. Genuine claim to that. So, um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, thank you very much for joining us, the three of you. Um, obviously... Promotion back to the big time secured at the weekend. We'll come to Captain Clarkey first. Um, yeah, h- how was how was that? Yeah, good season. Season went well. Just pleased to get back. Really, it was dis- disappointing. Obviously, the season last year being relegated. So yeah, it's good to good to get back to the top. And Purcell, obviously, you're you're a man who's been you know, around. More <laughs> No, Clarky, it's fine. Your first answer was a lot better than that, but unfortunately, technical issues. So, <laughs> um, first of all, you're a man who's been with the club for a long time. Um, obviously, you got the first bite of the cherry um, a couple of seasons ago. But what does it mean for you as a man who's been there for so long to see a small Persia village team make it up to the dizzy heights? 
Ah, it's, yeah, it needs calm. Yeah, it's, it means a lot. You know, it doesn't happen by accident. You know, it's a lot of hard work. Had a vision that we could do it, and a lot of people probably didn't think we could. So we had that vision first. We set out how we might do it, and a few wee pitfalls along the way. But yeah, it's it's just great to have come as far as we have over the last probably decade, really. Um, you know, my memories when I was younger was was Miguel was a really vibrant club, and it probably had lost its way a little bit. And yeah, we just worked hard off the pitch and on the pitch to get it. I think we've done it really well. We've done it across the juniors, across the first team. Um, off the pitch is, is really vibrant. So it's been a whole sort of around the club um, progress. And um, but I think it is important your first team is trying to, to do as well as it can. Not not at all costs. As some clubs have found at their cost. Um, you know you've got to care about your juniors. Have, you know we've done a lot of great stuff with the women's side of things and and all sorts this year. So. Um, yeah, it's just terrific just to to see how far how far it's come. And, and as Charles alluded to, you know, we've, we've got up and uh, we've had a little taste of it, but now it's about um, the next sitting down. We haven't, we've just had a bit of celebration time. We'll, that'll carry on for a little bit more, I hope. And then we'll we'll sit down in the, a wee bit later in the autumn and figure out how we keep this going. You've got to figure out how to sustain it, maintain it, um, and, and, you know, set kind of new new targets so we don't don't go backwards really because we hurt really hurt really bad the last year going down was yeah. you know as we know so we don't want to go backwards again we want to want to go forwards and keep growing in, in all the areas that I mentioned you know not just not just the first team. Yeah absolutely um yeah it's 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 great to see um it's a club that I've spent some time around and that yeah it always seems to be busy. Um, no matter what team it is that was playing. Um, so I was there a few weeks ago for a, a junior wee tournament um, and that was really busy as well. So it is, it is clear that it's a club in, in great health. Um, Shaz, we'll, we'll come to yourself. Um, I think one thing that's stood out for me um, this year with Meagle is the fact that with the first team, it, it hasn't been a side that's relied on just one or two players. Um, I mean, I take yourself for example over 300 runs in the league 13 wickets um uh that's just in the league you've got more of each um overall as well um i guess how does feel the it's a real team ethic that that's that's going on there yeah um thanks um so i think between our team like we've got we've got a lot of all-rounders and i think just in general nobody feels like oh, I have to turn up and, uh, you know, like I will win the game my own self kind of thing. Like yeah. we know that just about everybody is a match winner in the team. Um, some people, like for example, myself as well, like I'm quite happy to just not be in the limelight and just do a job kind of thing. So, um, and then, yeah, as you just noticed, like end of the year, the numbers are looking okay. Um, yeah, um, we do know that there's... Um, We've got skills in every aspect, like spin, fast. Um, we've got, I won't call it dibbly dobbly, but a uh, parcel. We've got. Absolutely nowadays, a hundred percent. Thought parcel, but you know, uh, when the when the time has come, everybody stood up. Like, um, for example, for me, like uh, when we were playing against the crunch game against Duka. A person take a fiver. Then we were playing against the Village Cup team. Match scored a hundred. 
Um, and yeah, it's, it's not, I think the biggest difference this year for us has been like, we've not relied on the pro completely. Like obviously yeah. Raji's played after we in playoffs, but um, I mean, I think Madge probably has, I don't know the total runs, but probably just about the same runs as Raji does, like, or thereabouts, I would say. Um, and Alan as well, yeah. So Alan in the league, especially. So um, you know, if you've got and in terms of wickets as well, like I, before the gala game, I was just talking about this with Parcel. Like if you look at that, if you look at the league wickets, for example, for our team, um, you will see that they're so spread out. There's apart from Hayden, I would say like the rest of the team, it doesn't show like meagle, 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 like it doesn't batting. Like we we're like we've got. I think we've got three bowlers in top 20, I think. I don't know how it's ended up after the last game of the season. Probably Madge is up there now, but um, before before the Dundee High game, it was like that. So we've got quite split responsibility, I would say. It's worked out really well for us. Yeah, I think you're right. A lot of clubs in reality, you know if there's one or two, there's one or two batsmen that if in the NEC that if you get them out, you're probably, you're doing pretty well. And likewise, if you see off the two opening bowlers or maybe they got a good spinner, but you guys have got a depth. I mean, we had looked at, we sort of did a, a mid-year team of the year so far, and we were kind of shocked that we're like, there's no Meagle guys really in contention, but it's because you guys have spread it out so much. Um, and I yeah. think it is oh, credit to you guys that you've developed that. I mean, I suppose for you, for you, Shaz, just sort of keep you on the mic a little bit. Obviously, I, I remember... I think you and I, your first season was there when I was there. And what were you batting about a low lane, about ninth or something for Kinloch? And you've kind of flourished yeah. into, you know, a, an opener in the team that's got promoted and, you know, fine leg spin on there yeah. as well. Have you have you found the yeah, club good for your development? Yeah, for sure. Like, I, I mean, with Kinloch, it was, uh, if it was a different ball game. Uh, I would say, like, I... Uh, I was actually the captain just a year before I joined Migo with you know, Kinlock and it was just um, it was just like trying to accommodate a lot of players kind of thing. Um, but yeah, since I joined Migo, thanks to actually, I would say Neil, Neil Wimberley, um, started training with him and he, he thought that I would be best placed as an opener. Um, probably just because like uh, my job is just to see the red ball off kind of thing. So I'm quite happy to do that. Um, and I think Neil saw saw the strength in that. Like, um, so I was given a role which was really good. So I knew that for the whole season, I'm I'm an opener, and this is there'll be obviously be failures and whatnot. It's a new ball I'm facing, um, but I, I knew that you know, like every third game or something like that, I would score thirty plus kind of thing. So it worked really well. And then um, it, the leg spin kind of started off, I think, a couple of years back, like just, I think, during COVID times, I think, I just started bowling leggies. Um, and yeah, I've worked with that, like just looking at YouTube videos and stuff like that. And then worked with Parcel, working on varieties and things like that. And thought like a, our team could do with a leggy as well, because we generally don't have a leg spinner in our team. So, um, and they're always handy um, getting wickets and stuff like that. So, yeah. Um, it's just a question of like um, Charles given more chances this year, I would say, compared to last year as well. And it's uh, um, yeah, so a bit of hard work, a bit of luck as well with chances given as well. So um, mixture of that. But I would say it's just the uh, both captains, well, Neil previously and Charles now, like 
uh, they spot that there is something and given a, a good run at it. So that's why that's why I would say like uh, the numbers are there now. Key bowling man in the twenty nineteen playoffs, yes. Yeah, I mean that was a tactical <laughs> tactical game. <laughs> Where I got hit outside outside of the park in Falkland, um, and yeah, there's a. As things happen after that, that uh, the ball started hoofing and things like that. It's uh, yeah, it's it's a mystery, but that was ta- tactical game. That was, <laughs> yeah, I guess. But, um... <laughs> um, so I guess coming back to you, um, Clarkie, that that depth. I don't know. Does that make your job easier, or does it make it harder as a captain? Because actually, you've got so many options. It makes it easier for me. I don't have to do much. To be honest, I stand at second slip and. Let everyone else, let everyone else do the job. So that's what your bowler said <laughs> too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, everyone, everyone stepped up, and everyone has the, everyone sort of knows their role, which is good. So when called upon, people perform. So yeah, it's all, all gone to plan. Yeah, I suppose. Um, do you have any moments of the year where you look back at Clark and go, you know, obviously you do have a different role? Being skipper, do you have any moments in games where like, oh, you, you won a lot of games quite comfortably? But have you got any moments that really stood out to you, sort of in either individual performances or you know tactical masterstrokes from yourself that you felt really changed the game? Have you got anything that stands out to you from this season? <laughs> Not that I can think to be honest. Of this season, <laughs> <that's>... <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll always remember actually twenty nineteen. Against Duke at Meagle, I was felt. I remember finishing that game thinking, I thought I did, an, I thought I did a good job in terms of in the fields. But other than that, I can't really think of games that I've actually sort of. <laughs> but, yeah. You just sit back and let everyone else do the work. <laughs> you had a pretty good one in the Village Cup. Oh yeah, yeah, Carlton Towers. Yeah, yeah, that was, de- that was a decent day. I enjoyed that one. That was about <laughs> only wickets in the season, actually. <laughs> took more took, took the same number in that game than I have in the league this year. <laughs> oh, the Village Cup! I forgot to include that. Uh, in my yeah, stats, I know because I was looking for that in my stats and Shocking. it isn't there. So it's terrible, yeah. it's terrible. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Clarky. Pointed out holes in my work. Cheers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, well, we'll go. We'll move back to Purcell. So, Purcell as club head coach, I believe, is your... Andrew just called you the coach, but I think it is head coach. Oh, sorry. I um, didn't give you your full title. <laughs> first team. No, oh, just first. Else. So it is yeah, just coach. Right. Oh, well, okay. yeah, fine. Um, <laughs> so I suppose coach, for yourself, head. what are you... Obviously, I think you guys did miss out from... Raju wasn't around when you went up into the EPL last time. You've had Hayden this year as well. What, what are you looking at from the club's point of view for maybe ways to you know, develop into an EPL club because I'm sure you'll want to do so. Yeah, I th- yeah, we're, we're looking at a wee bit of player recruitment. Um, uh, but in terms of the guys that are there, they're all good enough to play a part in the EPL. Um, some might not play as much as, as they ha- have done. But there's quite an appetite for the boys to work on things. That something that we've tried to do, what, what we've tried to look at is and this isn't to sound negative, I'm sure the guys who say I'm, I'm a pretty positive coach, I try and do things from a positive perspective, but I kind of, when we went up last time, you looked at the things that we didn't do that well, so maybe it was 
playing spin so well. It was, you know, we didn't hit an awful lot of sixes and, and boundaries and things like that. And our running between the wickets could be improving, things like that, and, and strike rotation. So we've looked at things. We've come a long way with some of those things, but but there's no doubt we need to improve them again because it is it is a, it is a hell of a jump. Yeah. And um, so you know, one or two new faces, a couple of boys continuing their journey. I mean, you look at. I think everyone's seen it with. Alan Neve, I mean, what, what what a cricket the young man's become and, and will continue to, to develop, I believe, because he's got the, the attitude and the mindset and the work ethic to keep keep that going. So I think we'll see um I think we'll see a few more guys. There's, there's guys look to him and and you know Charles Lee's by example, you look how Shaz has brought on like the other facet of his game with the leg spin. That the challenge that I put to the guys is like, let's get marginally better at a bunch of stuff. So it might be finding the boundary, it might be, you know, that that second string to blow that ball and being a backup wicketkeeper. Um, because Peter's not, you know, getting getting any younger. I'm sure you won't mind me saying that. So we need options there for like the 2020 cups when he doesn't play in, in, in that format. So yeah. yeah, there's there's certain areas that we need to to keep progressing um and not get too carried away that we've we've got better at that because that's great. We've got better at that at a level, but we're leaving that level behind. So so yeah, the, the, there's a bit of sitting down to do. I'm, it's kind of happening already, I suppose, in my head. But it's thinking about things. But after another couple of weeks of toasting the the successes, because you work hard, you've got to enjoy this this moment because yeah. it, it's quite fleeting, really. And once that's gone, then then we'll sit down properly and we'll have a chat and we'll figure out what the plan of attack will look like in the in the new year. Because um, the boys need a bit of time away from cricket. There's been a lot of cricket, the Village Cup run. That's a lot of Saturday Sundays. It's great. There's loads more T20 cricket than there used to be, but you know that's like Saturday, Sunday, Tuesday. Um, and the wet, you know, the weather was so good this year that you know you didn't really get a breather. There wasn't really a rain off or anything. So yeah. the guys have played a lot. So they need a little breather. We need to take stock. We need to be sure that if we get players in, that they're the right players, and we want to keep our squad happy because we need a squad because we play so much cricket, yeah. uh, a little bit more than anyone else. Scottish Cup, Village Cup, T20 Cup. Um, so we need guys who are bought into the Meagle way, if you like, and mentality and care about the club, and we've got that. So guys know that they'll be in and out a little bit, but they know they've got, when they're throwing the ball, we believe in them. They know that if they perform, Charles will invest in them more and they know they can come to me and, and work on things. If they're not getting in, our challenge to our guys, if they're not getting in, it's like, well, what do you want to work on? If you work on it, put the time on task, you know, and stick with it and you're resilient with it, then then the performances will come, you know, and then you'll, you'll get what you want, which is if it's to play 75% of the time, 100% of the time in the ones, then, then you can get that, but only if you work on things. So real shifted mindset, I would say, over the last few years, that, you know, it's a coaching culture we've tried to create. And that's a challenge for me is to try and get more coaching around things. You know, when I've coached in representatives, you know, youth squads and the women's side of things and that, you know, you have specialist coaches. You know, I've kind of got Peter and I've got Raju and, you know, luckily we've got senior players who, who feed in, but we probably need to firm up some, some specialist roles as well and bring on, you know, who's the leg spinner after Shaz? Who's the off spinner after Murray? You know, um, and, and these sorts of things, the next keeper. So the succession plan, I think, is quite important because you don't want your, your first team to get old, really, and, and, and what have you. You need to make sure that the conveyor belt's coming through. And that's going to happen then organically, but we need to be a little bit more strategic about that, I think. So that's, that's part of it as well. Yeah, no, I think these things don't happen by accident at the end of the day. You know, I think it would be fair to say 
for a place the size of Eagle, you guys are comfortably batting, you know, well above your your weight there. But you know, listening to you, personal that that doesn't happen by accident, and I think that's something during my fairly short time with the club that I saw. It's you've got the usual challenges of, or certainly when I was there that there was limited numbers at nets, but it felt like guys were actually putting in an effort, whereas it wasn't just rocking up and you know, oh, I, I'll chuck down a couple overs of proper bowling and then I'll just start bowling pies because I can't really be bothered. You know, guys were taking it seriously and that kind of stuff. I mean, Andrew, you just bowl pies. I knew that was coming. I absolutely knew that was coming. He's had a pie for this season, though, isn't he? He's had yeah. a pie for... Yeah, I know. It's not something I can say. It should, it should have been six and win, but... Oh, devastated. Not that I go on about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But no, it's, I mean, you're right. I think a lot of Scots don't don't get enough guys that train. They don't train hard enough. And that's a culture that we need to to change. You know, especially the way the games evolved. There's guys still playing the same cricket that they played years ago, and the games change. So, if you want to play like these guys you see on TV, well, you can. But you need to you need to teach old dogs new tricks. We need the young lads coming through, playing in a certain manner. Um, like you know, three, four, five years time reverse sweep. You can't play it. You'll not be playing this level, yeah. you know what I mean? So, uh, whereas, you know, it's still for some guys like, oh, no, I don't play that. It's like, well, that's not going to be acceptable in a few years' time. You know, a few years ago, you'd get kicked out of the nets for playing it, you know, so the game has moved at a pace and we've got to, we've got to change that culture and, and guys look forward to training, enjoy training. I think more colour kit and, and all that is going to be add a bit more razzmatazz to things, which is good, but, but yeah, you need a coaching culture at your club and it's tricky. There's some people that haven't really had it. As you say, they've had kind of lazy boy nets and I'll play and, and what have you. But if you can change that culture, you can see improvements because I've seen some of these guys improve over the last few years and it's just been a mindset thing. Charles is very big on like having the right mindset and he instills that in the players and I try and push them in that regard too. And it's like, look what you can achieve if you put the, 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 the time in. But you have to take the knocks in cricket. That's the hardest thing because you try a new shot if you put it away because it doesn't work a couple of times, then then you've wasted all the time. You've got to keep at it. You've got to keep at it. You can't go, oh, I swept a few times. The spinner and I, I top edged it. You've got to keep at it. Yeah. But it's creating that culture where when no, we've, we've got to keep doing that. Um, so you're right. Attendances have have gone up and and guys have worked harder. Um, but yeah, you've got to maintain that and and keep the squad happy because as I say. Some guys' roles will change, but they'll have a big role to play because, as I said, we've got so much cricket going ahead, going into 2023. So everyone's got a big part to play in, in, in these days. It's like, you know, Village Cup, you're pro and amateur, don't play. So that that lets someone else be the hero. You know, like who's going to come in and Charles going to throw them the ball, can they take a quick threefer and change the middle of the game? Can they go and score a 50 and, and take the game away from another team? Um, and then get their way into the settled lineup. So when when there's only nine spots essentially available. So yeah, it, it, you're right. Got all goes back to training and, and that setting that tone. Guys looking forward to training and and getting lots out of it and and not wanting to squirrel away at the end. You know, it's I think our boys just just love it. And I think we've got the balance almost right of fun and hard work. You've got to work hard. You've got to spend a bit of time throw downs, drills, bowling machine. But you've also get in the live net, make it like as much game like as you can. But like the boys will tell you, sometimes it was so hot in the summer. Sometimes you'd be like, right, let's play football for a bit in the warm up, a bit of hand hockey before we even do something. You know, when you've got the light and it's there. Yeah. And then even at the end, we'll play play this game called Snake, and the boys love it. And it's a serious side. It's working on reactions and helps you maybe take the world in Saturday. But also, 
bit of fun. You know, no one's getting paid to be there. They're all amateurs by by Raju. So, um, you know, you've got to have a bit of fun as well and enjoy it. And that's part of the, the process too, um, without sounding too pretentious. And, you know, you, you've got to have a bit of a laugh at the same time. And that Yeah, I mean, ultimately, it, yeah, it is, it is a hobby for all of us, isn't it? So, um, mm. yeah, if it's not fun, then people aren't going to give up their Saturdays to do it. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's a hugely important part of it. It's more fun winning. Yeah, of course it is. Yes, <laughs> and well, you've done a lot of that this year, so yeah. And oh, we noticed that cup over your shoulder there, Clark. It's all right. Subtle. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's a it's a beacon amongst the floral wallpaper. What's going on? Yeah, this is a spare bedroom. It's not not my Wi-Fi is okay <laughs> in this room, so. <laughs> but the decoration is not. <laughs> <laughs> for, the, for those listening on audio this will be a terrible conversation yeah but if they're listening on audio <laughs> then get onto youtube <laughs> right well i think guys you know it's been great having you on um you've had an amazing season um i think we've been accused of perhaps being biased supporters towards you by certain quarters but um you know, you've represented the, you know, we're kind of concerned with the, the SPCU sort of area. And I think, as you've mentioned, all the competitions you've been in, you know, not just the league, the T20 Cups, the Village Cup and everything else, you've represented the area, I think, fantastically and um, very well done on your promotion into the EPL. And I'm sure we'll be back to chat with you guys again next season or maybe in the pre-season to see. Oh, yeah, we'll come knocking at the door for pre-season. Absolutely. See, see if... <laughs> See if we get any less vague answers on player recruitment and things like that. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, uh, huge congratulations on your successful you. season and uh, best of luck um, within your preparations for next year. Um, and yeah, thank you very much for, for joining us. Yep. Cheers, guys. Thank you. And thanks again to the Migo guys for joining us. Our first interview with multiple people. No, nope. is it? We had Jay and Chris from Glenrothes. It's the first with three. First with three. Yeah, could have been four, but technical issues kept Peter Drummond from joining us. Um, and some. If it's more than four, you got to call it something else. Probably <laughs> <so. laughs> as well. We didn't have that many. <laughs> Uh, right. So we did promise that we were only going to have the interview and team of the year. Yeah, and so, player of the year. And player of the year. Yeah. Oh, I've not got a graphic ready for that. <laughs> no, so. that's fine. That'll just. Um, you can just put them in gold at the end. No worries. Can yeah. do that. Right. So we. I got mean, both of us are color blind to a degree. So I mean, it could be any color. <laughs> it could. <laughs> it could. <laughs> uh, right. We'll bring the bring it across the team of the year. An empty board for our team of the year graphic there. Well, I think I think we've got a few names that we're kind of like. I think we've got three names. That yeah, we're pretty much settled on. Yeah, we're absolutely. Sort of, we are like these three guys are un, a bit of a giveaway. Spoiler: it's three guys. It is. Yeah, uh, are definites irrelevant of the balance because we're going to do this like we did the first one. We're going to try and roughly speaking put together a playing 11 yep. rather than just the 11 best players of the year it will be we want it to have some sort of order now given this amount of all-rounders 
It's going to be ridiculous. <laughs> um, but <laughs> yeah, you're going to have yeah eleven batters, ten bowlers on a wicketkeeper. Well, speaking <laughs> of people batting in mental positions, um, I think our um, our first person on the list uh, scored twelve hundred and eighty runs across all formats in competitions that we count. Yeah, certainly caveat that. And hopefully my spreadsheet skills are actually right. Although probably not be. There'll be something... It looks decent. I've not done a full peer review, uh, but it looks decent. Um, <laughs> 1,280 runs at an average of 91.43. Um, and, you know, and well, and also wickets. 48 of them at an average of 11.85. Yes. Yeah. Um, so obviously good enough for number nine. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Shoeing at number nine. Yeah. What um, a way to get <laughs> <laughs> <Dear Forrester. laughs> Straight in at nine. Absolutely. <laughs> Sorry, I find this too far too amusing with that. <laughs> that one's for you, Deanne. <laughs> right. Um Right, now the serious business. <laughs> Top right. or bottom, which we're going first. <laughs> Right, well, I think there's been a, another shining light um, and with the ball this time. Yes. Uh, w- w- appeared on the show recently um, and is Forfisher's very own Jack Hogarth, who, across all formats, has taken 55 wickets at an average of 17.82. I should probably get you to do the stat a bit because I'm updating the graphic. That would make more sense. I would, but that would mean that I have to have them all on my screen. I don't know what directions you're going in. Um, So, yeah. There's only one direction, right? Harry Styles and that. Dance all night. Best song ever. Yeah. Wow, that's Um, terrible. Anyway, yeah. Aye, it's terrible. (laughs) That's just this podcast for you, mate. (laughs) Yeah, so Jack Hogarth in... Uh, put him in at the bottom of the order, um, although he wasn't disastrous with the bat either. Look, when your number <laughs> nine averages 91, you've got, I'm sorry, averaging 17 is definitely number Should we 11. put Jack in as our all-rounder at eight? He's <laughs> <laughs> had a very good, very solid knock. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, we'll go up to the top of the order for the other... Um, shoe in, I guess, um, who've kind of had that spot sewn up um, through the season in our team of the week. How many team of the weeks did he make? He I think made, he was the most. Um, I actually think he was tied for the most. With by, the guy on the bottom of the list? By the, uh, oh no, he was on his own. Um, so he made nine teams of the week. Jack and Deanne made seven each. Also, um, by two, he was two yeah. So Craig Wallace um, up the top of the order, um, one thousand one hundred and sixty-three runs at forty-eight point four six. Actually, average maybe not as strong um, as some others, but it's the manner of a lot of the performances. Uh, the, yeah, absolutely I mean, so brutal. destructive at the top of the order. Um, had quite a poor Scottish Cup. For yeah. his own standards, and that's definitely t- probably taken a hit. Um, he only actually scored 130 odd runs in five innings, so actually that competition has hit his average. But yeah. the manner he's got innings off to a start has just been phenomenal, and I think most teams would love to have a guy with the ability to do that. Probably in the East, the only other team is Watsonians with Ollie Hairs 
Yeah, and I mean, uh, you look at the run scoring charts, it was those two up the yeah. top um, in the Eastern Premier. So, yeah, um, four tons, seven fifties. Um, Imagine pretty, being that poor. Pretty decent, decent year. Yeah, so I think that's that's the easy ones out the way. Yes. I would I would suggest. Um, so we're gonna do top order first. Actually, there's probably oh, is another. I don't know if it's quite in the same echelons of this, but I think we we had a very brief skim over this. We are kind of deciding this as we go. Yeah, I think we have another bowler who I think we're both pretty certain on um, from uh, from the survivors of the year yeah. um, from Falkland and seems to have been a bit of a revelation in Charles Castle. Um, yes. Um, so, an overseas player that isn't an overseas player. Ah, the <laughs> non-overseas overseas player. So yeah. we got to watch him in the Scottish Village Cup final. Yes, um, because he I mean, he's Scottish-born. Um, but, yeah. Um, so, yeah, and I believe... From what we were hearing, he um, Scott Cricket Scotland have called on him quite a number of times to go down and bowl in the net. Well, he played Scotland A games played as well, Scotland didn't A. he? Um, so. so I would imagine we'll see him back in the country next summer. I um, would imagine Falkland might be hoping he comes back to play for them. Yes, um, I would imagine that'll be the case. Whether they're able to to make that happen or not, I guess remains to be seen. Um, but if he's represented Scotland A. Maybe has eyes on full Scotland honours. Yep. Um, he'll want to be back over here, won't he? So put him in at eight. Yeah, let's put him. Put him in. Put him in at eight. eight. Will we really? Or will we? We end the joke and put him in at nine and put put Deanne at least at one. Well, Deanne's not <laughs> going to be at eight, but <laughs> we're just going to leave him there for just now. So it's fine. Um, yeah. Yeah. So Charles. Uh, stats for the year, 634 runs at 31.7, fifties, uh, but some quite key partnerships, even when he didn't reach 50, there was yeah, um, yeah. particularly prior to Harshal's arrival, um, but even once Harshal was there, there was a lot of times they were collapsed and he was kind of the guy who was still managing to stick around, but the 38 wickets at 22.21 um, is a very, very solid effort, particularly given that he was bowling with the pink ball. Um, your cat just made me absolutely <laughs> cat myself there trying to open your door. Um, <laughs> and is making a fair old effort at continuing. Um, yeah, the bowled old season? No, the Village Cup would not have, but we've not actually got those stats this yep. year. Um, so all of those stats would come with a pink ball. Yeah. Well, which definitely makes a difference. Yeah, absolutely. Um, particularly for the seamers. Yeah. Cool. Right. Where are we going next then? Um, will we fill that vacant number 10 spot? Yeah, let's... Let's have a look well, at the bowlers. Let's have a look at the bowlers. So we've got... We, I mean, we've got three bowlers in there already. We do. Um, I mean, I think we will have a vacant nine spot soon. But we'll carry on just now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so... We we've obviously got two seamers. You've probably got an opening ball, an opening bowling attack in yep. Deanne and, and Charles, um, and you've got a spinner, a hoagie. So you've got a bit of variation there. So it kind of leaves options fairly well open. Um, yeah, it, I think it it does. Um, 
the names that come to mind when it comes to bowlers then? Um, I think we've got two at the top end of the NEC. And uh, Lewis Monroe at Aberdeenshire uh, and Majid Rashid at Meagle, both both in contention, I guess, as all-rounders. Yeah, and this is going to be part of the difficulty of this team is so many guys are all-rounders. Dupree Stander at Stonywood Dice is another consideration. Again, though, we've got (laughs) all-rounder. Probably more of a, bowl, uh, a bowling all around that. Yeah. 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 Um, although I would probably say the same for for Lewis Monroe. He scored. <laughs> I know he scored, and we're probably going to. Rahul's going to kill us for that comment, isn't he? Okay. <laughs> it's going to kill you. There's a reason I stay quiet about that. Because <laughs> they all hate you already. So <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think. Um, Lewis has had good performances with the bat, particularly that ton last week. Yeah. Um, but he's been primarily in as a bowler in his team of the week appearances through the year. He has. And I think, to be fair to me, his league performances have been very, very good. Yeah. Um, and probably, actually, his, his average is up to 15, um, which I mean, it's, it's not... I'm not going to slag an average of 15 off. He does have the advantage of he bowls with that red ball, which we obviously discussed, yep. you know, about the pink ball for the guys who are playing the sort of National League stuff. <laughs> when it came to the T20s, to the sort of Cali region, well, he was in the northeast section of the Cali qualifiers, but he didn't seem to bowl a massive amount. They seemed to open with Bain and Cumming. Seems to ring a bell. Um... So I mean, he had he had limited opportunity a little bit, to pro- you know, to whereas Magic bowled throughout all the competitions, yeah. he maybe had slightly limited um, chances um, to sort of boost the average on that front. Um, but th- those two are probably very comparable. Um, to pre standard, you've got four for shells opening bowling oh, for most of the season opening bowling attack, and with Bryce Elchin and Scott Cameron. Yeah, although if you actually look at the team of the week, with Scott made the team of the week three times, the the two final weeks of the season because yep. of his finals performances, and then his other team of the week performance was actually for a bowling perform- performance where he took no wickets. Yeah, well. in the it was Scottish a cup problem. again, yeah, uh, as well. So, I guess Scott produced some big performances. Yeah, but was he? A consistent standout across the season. No, I'd, I'd probably not be inclined to include him. Right. Okay. Okay. No. Uh, I think that's, <laughs> that's probably fair enough. Um, I'm just trying to have a quick squint through the. You've got lots of the NEC. I mean, we have said throughout this we take players where they perform, but we do have to also still make allowances for the fact that guys. You know, the National League do play with a different ball, and that undoubtedly does make a difference. Yeah. Um, and I, I, my inclination, personally, would be for the next bowling spot. I, my pitch would be Dupree's standard at Stonywood. Um, I think if you take a guy that's played all pink ball cricket all season um, and comes back with 33 wickets at 20, um, I would be taking that above guys who have l- lower sort of mid-lower teens, but higher 30s. Uh, I think 
as a bowler because we probably don't need any of these guys batting. Yeah, okay. I think I that would be my I pitch. think that's fair. So we're going to pop him in at 10. Right. Is this the point where we, we make that number nine spot vacant so that we can actually see what we're building now? Let, let's, let's do, do that. that. So um, I think Deanne's going to settle into the order at four. I think so. He's, he's scored so many runs. I suppose we should bat him. Where he batted. Where he bats. Yeah. Um, sorry, I was just checking the spelling of Dupree's there. Um, it's probably when I've typed it wrong. But I believe it's, it's pretty much as it sounds. Sound, <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. So, do we want another bowler, or do we go? Do we do, we do we venture in to the middle order, um, and then we can maybe see how? Oh no, I've not moved Dian. You've not moved Dian yet. No. So do that. I just wanted to carry on the joke. <laughs> <laughs> I know he loves being down there. Yeah. Um. Right. Let's. Actually, I know middle order is going to be probably going to be our problem area, but I think there's one standout again in the middle order that we have to include. He only actually batted 13 innings, um, but Strathmore's Tian Britz scored 879 runs at an average of 87.9. Five centuries and two fifties. Five centuries and 13 innings. And a number of that, a number of those innings were against National League opposition as well. Yeah. So I mean, it's not like he just bashed minnows. Yeah. No, he scored some. Proper. And even his NEC runs were actually predominantly against the bigger sides. I think yeah. when we look back through it, I, so right, okay. I'm not. I'm happy enough to get. But and I think if if you didn't have injury, I'll be honest. I think he'd have probably been top of the run charts by the end of it. The way he was going. Um, yeah, I, I I could have seen him scoring 15, 1600 runs. We're putting him at three. He, he opened in T20s about four, more so on a, on a Saturday. Uh, it's either three or five, isn't it? It's three or five, yeah. but um, let's stick him at three at the moment, and then we'll see what where our we'll uh, see where the land lies. Yeah. Right. The middle order is packed full of options. Yeah. So I think, personally, we should get the other opener out of the way. Right. There, are less, okay. there are less options there, um, yeah. in my well, mind. There, there are still a few. There are still a few, yeah. but that tells you how many middle order options we've got. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, so I'm going to reel off some names that I would have in contention for that second opening spot. Now, if you want to name me, that's okay. I don't mind. No, because this is for proper cricket, oh, not oh, what we played. That's rude. <laughs> <laughs> um, we mentioned him for a bowling spot, but Majid Rashid, 749 runs at 34. Um, opening. Jack Mitchell at Huntley. I don't have his stats in front of me, but he had a solid year as well. Um, and then I think there are three candidates from the Northern Lights, probably. Yep. Um, so you've got Becky Glenn, Ailsa Lister, and Megan McCall. Uh, I think all have to be in consideration. Um, I think of the three of them, uh, well, I'm kind of doubting myself as well. I think the way that Ailsa Lister has played her innings has just been absolutely brutal. Um, yeah, two turns. 
of us from from our six innings. Um, yeah, it, it has been incredibly dis- destructive. The only other one I don't know whether just because we've got Tian Brits in at three, and I know we're kind of wanting to try and pick it as it is, but it's whether it's what uh, would we consider a three to bump up to opening, or probably my two number threes that spring to mind as you've got Forfisher's Jack O'Neill, who's yeah. been very good all round. Um, and the other one is Samuel Kukinitz up at Huntley. Oh yeah, 755 runs at 58 from Samuel Kukinitz. Um And 23 wickets at 17.61. So, I mean, a yeah. fairly solid season. Jack Mitchell averages 30 with the bat, but averages 9.7 with the ball. So, I mean, he's doing pretty well. I would probably at this point go, I don't know if 30 really cuts the mustard for making Team of the Week as the opener. It's maybe a consideration for the conversation for a sort of all-rounder spot. Yeah, I would I would tend to agree with that. I... Yeah, let me have a quick look at some other stats. You can fill some chat for us, Callum. Fill some chat. Uh, well, I just... Consider the options that we've got on the go here. Um, I don't know what you want me to fill the chat with, Andrew. But, you know, yeah. we're considering the openers. Um, uh, yeah. So, yeah, so we've got Jack O'Neill. He's averaging around about 30. I think the slight thing I would give Jack with that is that the standard that he's playing, I think 30, well, it's 31 is average, but he's... You know, it is a much higher standard. He's also contributed 29 wickets with the ball. Um, yeah. So I think I am between Megan McCall, who averaged 62 from nine innings, two tons and a 50, and Ailsa Lister's 58.6 average with two hundreds from six innings. Um, I, I think I would land on one of them for the other opening spot. Right. So... Uh, um. So we don't need a wicket keeper because we've already got Wallace. So did did Wallace actually keep that much? I don't know. Year? I mean, whenever I saw the footage, it was Callum Garden behind the stumps. Yeah. So although, yeah, it's exactly the same. I I, I didn't actually see him keeping. So so what, you do we have we a keeper? Potentially don't have a keeper on that basis. Yeah. I mean, if that is the case, you would be suggesting perhaps that. Um, that really gives us a list of potentially for the balance of the side. Yeah. That um Yeah. You probably you probably have to if we if we're actually ruling Craig out as, as an option with the gloves, that probably means you're only two options for looking at opening because I can't think where else you'd get a keeper and you, you probably would have to drag Kenny Reed's name back into the conversation a little bit more so. Yeah. And say it's one of those two. Um yeah. I know Kenny was keeping less, so it's not. Let's go Ailsa Lister. Yeah, let's I put Ailsa Lister yeah. in there, I think. Um, yeah, she'd had a destructive year. <laughs> um, so we'll put her in there. Righty. I'll be very intrigued to see how much there is in common with this team of the year, with the, the team of the year so far we did a couple of months ago. Um, it's not looking dissimilar at the moment. <laughs> well, I've saved over the image, so I don't remember what that team was. We'd have to go back on our Twitter. I don't, I'm not sure it ever went out on the Twitter. Oh, right. actually, well, we'll have to so. drag ourselves back through the episode. Yeah. You do that while we're recording. That'll be fine. 
Right, right. so we've got a p- we've we've packed in our top four. Um, I th- I think we have to deal with this middle order problem because part of it is the fact that actually there's lots. Most of the guys that are in the middle order contention also bowl. Yes. Um. So we've got the, our next highest run scorer for the combined over the year is Usman Said. Yeah, Perth Ducat's overseas player. 1,186 runs at an average of just shy of 70. Only one century. Uh, well, you found he had four 90s, was it? Uh, it was four or five 90s, yeah, yeah which... So, I mean, that, they're still counting as very yeah, much match-winning performances. Big, big runs. 27 runs at... 27 uh, wickets. 27 wickets. If he's only got 27 runs, he's certainly not in contention. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 27 wickets at 21 uh, as well, so, you know, gives... Bowling spin, which could yeah. be something that's important for all round contributor, balance. definitely. Um, another overseas professional who also bowls a bit of spin was Raju Gayashin of Meagle. Yeah. Um, with 1,054 runs at 55.47. Three tons, however. Yeah. Um, yeah, three tons, six fifties. So I guess if you're nine scores over 50 compared to Usman's 12 over 50. Um, I suppose we also have to look at value of performances, though. I mean, obviously, Raju stepped up in the playoff game. Yeah, absolutely um, did, yeah. That's been something that has been part of the consideration all season. Yeah, um, it's the, yeah the value of the performance. 21 wickets at 21.67. So very so much cancelling each other out in, yeah, uh, in a lot of regards there. I think, and I think Raju bowled less this year than he has previously. Yeah. Um, I think Samuel Kukunitz has to come into consideration, I know, because uh, we could bring TM Brits down to five um, and bring him in. 755 runs at 58. Um, no tons, which, but was constant. I don't know how many team of the weeks he made, but he seemed to constantly be there. Um, uh, it was him and his brother. Samuel Kukunitz. Um, and also... Made. 23 wickets at 17. So again... Three team of the weeks. Only three. Usman made six. Raju made four. Okay, okay. Um, So only Wallace Forrester and Hogarth made more team of the week appearances than Usman Said. Which I I think that counts for something as well. That that does have to count for something. Um, So I, I think... Usman's taking up one of those spots. Right, okay. Well, Usman batted five predominantly this year. Did he? Or did I he believe bat? he batted because I was surprised that he was batting um, five. Yeah, because they had, had previously batted four. Yeah. Because they had. I'm trying to remember who they are. It tends to be Moose. Musakar Hussein and Babar Ali opened a lot. Tasawar Hussein was in the top order as well. And Kash Khalil was in and out of the top yeah. order, I think, wasn't he? I'm sure Usman was predominantly at five. Yeah. Um Right. I'm probably I'm happy enough to say that Usman gets there. Yeah. Um so right, so another consideration, not the not the volume of runs, but the average is very high and up there is Michael Leesk, 678 runs at an average of 61.64 and 22 wickets at 19. 
Yeah, again, pink ball, a lot of T twenty stuff in there, I think, in his Yes. Um, in his, um Oh matches. I thought that, but actually it's no twelve of his twelve of his fifteen innings came in the one day format. Right, okay. So But very strong very strong in T twenty finals day. Yeah. Um he didn't it wasn't in the Scottish Cup. Um a guy with probably limited opportunities in comparison to some of the like people we've got here. Strong top order, batting f- you know five six, kind of probably coming in to hit, which uh, you know is his, his key sort of role. Um, I'd suggest the average of nineteen is very strong um, when you consider the standard playing with the pink ball. Um, it, it's genuine all rounder level. Um, I think you can make an argument that. 21 isn't a leading light bowler. It's a good bowler in the NEC, but it's not a leading light. Yeah. Um, Lewis Monroe probably comes into this. Does he come into this conversation? Maybe a bit high up the order, given everything else. Yeah, and what did... Alan, Alan Neve, 639 runs at 45.64. Yeah, was he the highest he was the domestic highest. run scorer? Yes. In uh, no. Uh, oh, in the league. In yes, the league. I think he was. Uh, let me have a quick check. I think he was. So, yeah, I would agree that he has to come into the conversation as well. Um, Looking at averages, um, Safi Sharif averaged 87.83 from eight innings. 527 runs with two not outs. I think... The biggest problem I think with a packed middle order like this is it's not saying that he's not worth mentioning. I think he just hasn't played enough. Yeah, only eight. When we're talking team of the year, I think eight innings just isn't enough. I mean, yeah, and I think on the same basis you would exclude Vihan Luba of Arbroath. Um, again, only eight innings. Yes, he scored four hundred and fifty-one runs at sixty-four. Um, but just not the volume um, of performances. Harsha Khoury at Falkland, 549 runs at an average of 61. I mean, I have to be honest, If you, uh, he was the name that jumped into my head, and I would say, as much as I'm happy enough having Usman in there, I would say that Harsha has to be in there, because I think Harsha is the reason that Falkland finished 8th in the EPL. Yeah. And six, average is 61, but it's a much higher standard of cricket yeah. than what it is. He, towards the end of the season, was kind of carrying that batting lineup on, you know, yeah. on his own. He was certainly, if that's unfair, he was certainly the glue that was holding the whole thing together. Yes, um, yeah, I would and agree. I, I think actually above Usman, I think Harsha is the name for me that in that middle order has got to be there. Right. So, is that our five and six? I think. Okay, and Harsha in. And at five, and Usman Said in at six. And at six, yeah. Let's do that. Let's go. With Let's that. see. That leaves us with seven and nine to fill. So, what do we want from a number seven? I think we could do. I think we could do with a spinner. Um, I think we could do okay. it with a finger spinner. I know Usman did take wickets as a spin bowler, and you could argue it's maybe a second spin option, but I think in, in our two spots that we have got left, I th- 
thing you've got well, you've got three seamers. I mean, Harsh can both spin as well. Um, I don't think bowled a lot this year. No, only 12 wickets. Um, um, let's have a quick look then at... There is one person who made five Team of the Weeks. Uh, I'm just going to check their overall stats. 17 wickets at 25. Does that cut it for a Team of the Year? 611 runs at 33. So Gareth Walmerans of Stonywood Dice. I think there's also another consideration here. I, I don't think Castle would necessarily be out of place batting at seven in this team either. Um, I, yeah. I, I'll be, I would like to see a spinner, and I think given what his batting was as well, I, I probably at this point would be pitching Michael Leask for the number seven spot. If we're also trying to look at a, a team that is actually balanced how you would want it to, if you're turning around and going, you want your finisher in there, I mean, I probably would suggest he's the best in the country. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I don't think there is a better finisher in um, Scottish cricket. And obviously, we're not. We're trying to not take into consideration other things. The guy's averaging 61 with the bat, 19 with the ball. Big yep. hitter, spin bowler, I think, gives you your second spinner. Yeah, yeah, Michael Leeskin at seven. So, we have got our frontline spinner. Uh, we've got plenty of part-time spinners. We've got loads of seamers. Um, yeah, I think... Is it another seamer at nine? Do we have a... I mean, I think we've almost got room to pick whoever we want. We do. It could be... Yeah, it could just be anyone. Right. Let's could just be anyone. It could you, be. Right. Uh, yeah, want, I mean, that team's so good. If you want so to good. pick me in the right. <laughs> So who have we got that... I'm looking at our team of the week. Who, volume of appearances. Yeah, say, who, okay. who's, who's so we've got two players that have had five or more Team of the Week appearances that aren't currently in the side. They are Gareth Walmerans, as I've just mentioned, and Majid Rashid um, are the two that are left. If you then go into players with four appearances, Becky Glenn, Hasib Kiani, Jack Mitchell... Jack O'Neill, Lewis Monroe, Raju Gayashin, Safi and Sharif. Who we've discounted already. We've, yes, we've discounted Safi, although eight appearances and four Team of the Week appearances, that's some strike rate. It but is, it is. But uh, I think yeah, I agree. I, 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 I just agree. think we'd yeah. be at a point of... Yeah. It's, this is a tough, this is a tough pick. Um... Joint leading wicket taker in the NEC is in there. Is that Majid? No, so that's Lewis Monroe. Oh, Lewis Monroe. 35 wickets joint with Diane. I mean, I've not faced both of them this year, but this is going to really offend them. I know which one I would rather face and on past performances. <laughs> <laughs> and one of them got promoted and one of them didn't, so... <laughs> Oh, you're not for making friends with this episode, are you? Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> right. Um, 
Who you pack him? I, I, tr- I am truly, truly stu- struggling. Could, we could have a left arm option. Greg Chambers at Falkland, who took 30 wickets at 24.83. as a left field option. Um, it is. I, that, that was, I, was there ever... Did he make Team of the Week at all? Greg once. Chambers once. Did uh, he not take a four for against Stonywood Dice or something like that? Do, 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 do. It's not on my list, but that doesn't mean that he's not there. I, I, I seem to recall he took four wickets right at the tail end against... Was it not? It was Stander or Walmerans was looked like they were carrying Stonywood Dice home and I'm sure he came in and I think Jack Henderson took a wicket and then I think the last five fell quite cheaply. No. Not not a team of the week appearance in there, so. I thought he did. Maybe he was one that we pulled. (laughs) Yeah. Might be in consideration but didn't make the the final cut. So, yeah, I, I... I think to have been in team of the year, you have to have been in team of the week at least a couple I mean, of that times. Would be I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is a, this is a tough one. It is a tough one because uh, very little separating. Does and Magic Rashid in terms of does Samuel Kukinets come back into the? Well, yeah, I mean he's. Chat here He's as well. Consideration. Um, I don't know what he bowls. No clue. I've never watched any Huntley footage. Um, you've got Fergus Duncan took twenty nine wickets at fourteen. Um, mm, yeah, he had a bit. He had a strong finish to the season. Yeah. Fergus Duncan. Um, yeah. Um, the other one is, I don't remember if you said him because I feel like we've thrown out every name who's played um, cricket this so far in the region. Uh, I mean, Jack Mitchell's 9.7 average has to surely be, has to be there or thereabout. Uh, here's another one actually, we mentioned our sister earlier, Kirsty McCall, 16 wickets at 8.81. Yeah, that's in the in the Premier League, thirteen wickets, seven point three eight. I mean, that mu- that's, I think that would have made her the second leading wicket taker in that competition. I think you could be right. I think you could be correct. I'm trying to see if I can see a video clip of Samuel cooking its bowling. The problem is, as y- as you. Delay it more. Um, I'm just gonna have to keep filling them. I'm just gonna throw more and more names out there. Just do it. Um, Who else we got? And I, there doesn't seem to be a clip of cooking at bowling because, yeah, the one the one game that's been live streamed where he's taken a wicket, the feed just didn't work. So ah, that's always good. Yeah, I mean, so yeah, anyway. I think that's it, it, it's a difficult one. So. Um, Kirsty McCall is I mean, that's two that's eight uh, that, that's two wickets, I believe, for every game that's been played. Um 
Northern Lights, Kirsty McCall, two Team of the Week appearances as well. So that's like a one in. How many games did you bowl in? I believe it's eight. Um, but well, it's eight batting innings is what I've got. I've not actually got a note of the number of bowling games. It could be nine. Yeah, okay. Um, certainly not making it on the batting front. That's an average of no, but three point two four. So uh, it's Hoagie better than would, my average. Hoagie would get a, <laughs> Hoagie would get a bump up, um, but no, definitely. I think that as a standalone bowling figures. Yeah, let, let's let's put her in at eleven. Let's do that. I think so. Then yeah. they, it's uh, it, it's. And I know we've discounted people, we've discounted male players who have only played eight games, but that's also eight games in comparison to other male players who've played 20-odd games. Yes, yeah, yeah. Like, like eight. We can't discount eight when that's basically the length of the season. Yes, like, absolutely so agree. Just in yeah. case anyone gets the knickers on a twist about us d- not applying the same logic. We are. Yeah, um, no, I agree. So, yeah, uh, bump 10 and 11 at one spot and put Kirsty McCall in at 11. And I think... That is us once That's our team of the year. Right. So, we'll go through that. So, opening the batting, Craig Wallace and Ailsa Lister. Tian Britz at three. Deanne Forrester at four. Harsha Curry at five. Usman Saeed at 6, Michael Leesk at 7, Charles Castle at 9, and then when the graphics updated, we'll have Dupree's Stander at... No, he'll be at 9, Charles Castle at 8, Dupree's Stander at 9, Jack Hogarth at 10, and Kirsty McCall rounding off the team at 11. There we go. Yeah, so what have we got in there? We've got Forfisher are in three times. Northern Lights are represented twice. It's another Forfisher player, though, for Northern Lights. Right? Yeah, yeah, but... In as a Northern just, just Lights saying, player. Just saying, um, yeah. Strathmore, um, Aberdeenshire. Stonywood Dice, Falkland are there twice. Falkland are there twice. Perth 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 Perth. And that's us. That's yeah. our team of the year. I think, I, I think that's a pretty good team. That would cause some damage. That I mean, the day, depth of that batting lineup is in, uh, insane. Yeah, yeah. I but mean, Jack that's what legitimately you, yeah. bowling at uh, legitimately batting at ten. Um, he is a a lower middle order player. Not he's not oh. a tail ender. No, absolutely not. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's been fantastic cricket this season, and yeah. um, a, a lot of it as well. Yeah. I, I think when we started doing this and we're doing our graphics and team of the weeks and all these kind of things. As we mentioned, there's been no rain. There's been hardly any games rained off. Yeah. I, I don't <laughs> think we expected to have quite so many stats to go through. The introduction of the Northern Lights team has meant we've had, you know, we've had the Women's League and T20 to follow as well. So there's been lots and lots of cricket. Um, yeah. Inevitably, people will disagree with what our team of the year is. Yeah, um, they will, and, and they're probably gonna. Is there going to be much disagreement with our player of the year shout as well? 
I think th- there's one standout in that team, isn't there? Uh, yes. I, I, I think the stats, even with the standard differential, you also have to say, well, you can only perform where you can perform. Yeah. Um, and um, averaging 91 with the bat and 11.85 with the ball. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, you'd be in the, yeah, you'd be close to team of the year consideration with just one of those stats. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so. Um, so, yeah, Deanne Forrester, uh, player of the year. Batting nine. Batting nine. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. Yeah. No. Um, and I'm sure almost took Aberdeenshire there with the help of Lewis Monroe. If Twitter's to be believed, it might just be Deanne himself next year. But we never know. We'll <laughs> wait and see. Yeah. It's always the rumours. So, yeah. It's always the rumour. I had the Meagle lads being coy with us as well the night. And oh, I know, I know. We look forward to that during the off-season. But that does round up our coverage. I um, don't know if you want to flick to that back to that. Yeah, we will. Oh, all right, producer. I can't I mean, find my cursor. Come on. <laughs> I mean, go. I mean, yeah. This is the thing. I, I open up with producer. To the end of this episode, to the end of this season, we're going to have a little bit of a break Yep. Um, after this week. Um. Our intention is to come back with some stuff uh, around about the World Cup. That is only about six weeks or so away. Um, not even that, actually, is it? Maybe only five. Feels like my work dies down, so I've got time to prep for that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, we will hopefully have uh, some World Cup content when that, that comes around as well. Um, as ever, please do get in touch with us on Twitter at DibDobPod. Uh, like, share, review... Uh, and subscribe on YouTube. Thank you very much for the support that the Caledonian region community has shown us um, over the summer. Um, it's been thoroughly enjoyable. Yep. Um, and yeah, yeah thanks and hopefully for we've added to the cricket season. Yes. Yeah. Probably not, but here's one. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's the, the odd person's enjoyed listening to our bile, but. <laughs> At least we don't listen back, eh? Yeah. <laughs> yes, no, thank you very much for joining us this season. Yes. Um, so, well, we'll leave it there, um, and we will uh, be back in a few weeks. Um, but for now, it's goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>